Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the VolQuest.com Blue Water Climate Control Podcast with Austin Price and Rob Lewis. I'm Brent Hubbs. Glad to have you along with us on this Tuesday as uh, we get ready to turn the calendar into the month of June, a week from uh, tomorrow, or a week from today, excuse me, a week from today that happens and it opens up recruiting and uh, we're going to talk some recruiting. We'll talk a little hoops as it opens up for them as well. Uh, a few other odds and ends in this Tuesday edition of the podcast brought to you by our friends at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com. Remember, if you need to repair, they're going to do it the right way the first time with the right kind of people, trained technicians who know what they're doing to get you the right repair you need. They're not going to sell you something that you don't need, but they're going to give you exactly what you need to get that air conditioning unit running. If it's giving you any kind of problems or any other maintenance that you need to have, they can all take care of it. They can take care of it all for you at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com. Give them a call at 865-299-2290 and tell them you heard about it at VolQuest on our weekly podcast. All right, guys. So let's jump into this thing. Austin, you're the, I'm changing you, your, your title. I, I'm, I'm got to create a new title. It's going to be so long now. I'm not sure what it's going to be. You are the, um, you're a VolQuest version of the director of player personnel because you're, you're, man, you're, you're keeping up with all the recruiting stuff, and obviously you're keeping up with all the transfer portal stuff. You've had uh, Nuggets. You, you mentioned um, Road Torrance, Tennessee's newest commitment. You mentioned that in a Friday night note as well. What's Tennessee getting in this latest commitment from the junior college ranks? Length. Length and more length. And, you know, I, I think he's still very raw. Uh, had a really good spring. Um, you know, um, but, you know, I think Tennessee felt comfortable enough after evaluating him to, you know, push pretty hard there as other schools started to try to call and inquire. Tennessee was already further down the road with, with Roe um, than any of the other schools like Auburn, um, Nebraska, and some others that had called. So, you know, uh, you, you felt like you needed another body. They felt like he was the way to go. And, again, they wanted length in the secondary and they've got that really both corners they've taken are what you would call taller, more athletic, bigger corners. AP, what's row short for? Rob? Rotaria. Rotaria? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Rotaria. I would go with, with row also. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of Rotaria. Um, so if you had in the pool, um, I don't think anybody did, but, but Tennessee has now gotten two linebackers, two defensive linemen, two corners uh, to try to fill roster needs to go along with obviously a quarterback and, and Joe Milton and a wide receiver and, and Peyton um, all since spring practice basically has come to an end here. Um, and, and Austin, we think Tennessee's done. I mean, it feels like unless, um, uh, you know, unless an all pro falls out of the sky or one of these guys for some reason can't get in school or gets has some kind of issue before they get here, it certainly feels like Tennessee's done in the transfer portal. They're done adding to this class coming in. With that being the case, what, what's your takeaway from what Tennessee has done since spring practice started to now in terms of roster flip? Well, they, they added bodies at positions of need. You know, they needed a quarter. They, they felt like they needed help at quarterback. They went and got that. And we'll see what Joe Milton gets done, whether he can beat out Harrison Bailey or Hendon Hooker. Um, you know, they felt like they needed more speed at wide receiver. They go out and get Javante Payton. He's a one for one, though. And so is Caleb Tremblay. The other guys, though, have a lot of time left. You know, Dejon Terry, three years left or four years left. Um, you know, you know, you know, Roe has, you know, four years to play three. 
Um, you know, they, they, you know, Kamal Haddon, similar type numbers. You know, you, you look at, you know, what Tennessee is able to get done in the portal. I like that they've taken a, they, they took a couple of one for ones, but they took a lot of guys that have more time left. And there's a lot of raw athletic ability, just like the kid from Michigan. You know, I, I think taking the linebacker, you know, Apache was, was a smart move because you need speed off the edge. Brian Jean Marie feels like he has a good beat on what, you know, what William can bring to the table. I can only call him by a nickname so many times. Um, and Apache's then pretty cool though, man. You gotta, you gotta admit yeah. rolling with Apache. I, it, and, and, and if he plays big, like I always, always had like, I have no problem calling anybody by their nickname, but if you're coming off the bench, like Devonte Gaines, you can't be going by ticket. Okay. That just don't work for me. Like, you know, and so, um, so he's not Apache yet for you is what you're telling me. Not until he proves it. All right. Go um, ahead. Continue on. But, 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 you know, they, they added athleticism and they added years of, you know, years to their program. Like you didn't take a bunch of guys that are going to be just kind of passing through town. These are guys that can help you the next handful of years when you're trying to climb out of the gutter and make, you know, make some, make some real progress. And if, I mean, if they hit on half those guys on defense, I mean, it's a and, win. By hit, and by hit, I mean, they're, they're an average SEC player. Average SEC starter. And that, that's huge. I mean, if you, if you found one starting SEC cornerback, one starting linebacker, one starting defensive lineman, you know, at some point in their careers, you really you, – you've upgraded – that's all you do. You've upgraded the roster tremendously from what you ended spring with. Yeah, like the way I look at it is if they can hit on the guys that are the most raw, like Apache, Dejon Terry, and then either one of the corners, you know, I, I think that that's a real win. And as I told Brent, you know, on our podcast on Friday or Thursday, at the end of the day, if you hit on Joe Milton, anything else is gravy. Because you, if you fix the quarterback position, then everything else starts to, you know, kind of figure itself out. I don't disagree with that. Let me ask you this big picture question. With the one-time transfer rule, pro- provided that interconference transfers take place around the country everywhere, including the SEC, are, are schools going to be looking more for the multi-year transfer? And, and, and how much does it hurt the grad transfer guys? I, I mean, if you're sitting there comparing, all right, I, I need a linebacker. I got a, I got a, I've got a really good grad transfer one-year linebacker that I think can step in and start right away versus I got a guy who's got three years of eligibility left who I think has a chance to be a really good player. He might not start from day one, but he's got a chance to get there really pretty quickly. Where are you going with that if you're a coach? Here's my question, and, and I don't know the answer to this, and if you guys do, feel free to chime in. Can you – if you have the one-time transfer. If you do the one-time transfer but then graduate, can you then again grad transfer? Or is the grad transfer just going away because now they have the one-time transfer? That's I, a great question. I, I don't know the answer I, to that. I don't know the I don't answer, know the answer either. either. I, well, I, think, like, I was going to say, Hubbard, to answer, to answer your question, I think it's a case-by-case basis. I mean, if you're Kentucky – what was it two or three years ago? And you get the big kid from from Stanford, Reed Travis. I mean, if you feel like you need one one, if you're if you like you're you're a piece away from winning the conference or being a Final Four competitor, then I think the grad transfer is, is more attractive. I mean, I think, but if you're where Josh Heupel and company is right now, where 
you know, you're not going, you're not planning to go to Atlanta next year. I think the multi-year guys are, are better. I think it's a case by case basis of what's more coveted. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Austin, yes, a great question. I'll try to find the answer to that question uh, later today. Cause that's a really good question that I don't know the answer to right off the top of my head. You know, it, it feels to me like you're going to be able to transfer twice there, but I don't know that that's the case. I, I gotta, I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I just wonder if, if, if coaches and particularly in football, because I mean, look, it's a grad transfer quarterback or if you're Alabama or Clemson and you think you need one, one player to be that can make that big of a difference, then, then I can see that a little bit. Basketball is different. You're going to take the best player because if he's really good, he's going to be one and done anyway. I mean, whether he's a freshman, whether he's a grad transfer, whatever. I mean, if, you, if you're missing one piece of the puzzle, one guy can make a total difference in a basketball team more so than, than a football when a football team goes. I, I just wonder if if there's not going to be as much attraction to a grad transfer because of the, the one-time transfer portal and the fact that anybody uh, can transfer and be eligible immediately regardless of, of their year in school. So, um, But I, I think what we all know is that everybody's going to hold spots for transfers moving forward. Tennessee certainly has made more made use of their spots. Uh, Austin, I never dreamed Tennessee would take this many um, when you look at it. I mean, I, I thought they would be active in the transfer portal, but I didn't think Tennessee was going to go this far in the transfer world. Again, when they explained to me the numbers and how it works and, like, there's multiple layers to it and all this, I just was like, okay. <laughs> trying to understand this is like trying to understand, you know, some you know dead language like i just uh, just tell me how many more and you know sorry for the guys that were on the board they want to understand because i mean i don't like i it was explained to me and i still couldn't grasp it well enough to convey it to the board yeah like just how it all works i mean like it's it's uh pretty nuts yeah it certainly is and and it is as you mentioned, there's multiple layers to multiple numbers when you talk about, um, you know, initials, guys you could sign in a given year, et cetera, et cetera. It, it is pretty crazy. So what we think Tennessee's done in, in that world. Now it's on to the recruiting side of things, really hot and heavy uh, next week, Austin, with, with camps getting started. Um, what, what do you think Tennessee's camp attendance is going to look like? And, and I, I'm not talking about specific names necessarily. Is this, is this going to be – more about 23, 24 than, than, than it is about 22. I mean, it, it certainly kind of vibes that way, but yeah. I, I just wonder what you think. I, I think that's exactly what the, what it's going to be about. It's going to be about 23s and 24s, getting those kids to campus. So many of the 22s already kind of have what they want. Now, guys like Shannon Blair, uh, even like bringing over a guy like Kendall Jackson from Oak Ridge, who I think could potentially play linebacker at a Power 5 school, you know, I – I, you know, those kids, I think it benefits them to come to camp. But, like, most of these 22s aren't going to do it, Brent, because they already have enough to where, like, they're going to just turn their nose up at it, which was something that Pruitt ran into when he first got here, trying to get that first class to come camp. I mean, so many of these kids are advised not to by this person or that person. And, um, you know, very little good comes out of coming to camp if you've already got a ton of offers. Like you can only hurt yourself in a lot of ways unless you're trying to earn a specific offer. So like Cam Miller trying to get and you know trying to you know become a take at Alabama 
you know, eventually when he goes down there and, and works out for them in July, or a guy like Shannon Blair who might be trying to earn a Tennessee offer uh, the first part of next week. So, yeah, I think a lot of it's 23s and 24s, and I think that's that's where Tennessee really has got to, you know, make their hay. You know, is you know can't punt on this 22 class because I think that's unfair, but I think Tennessee's really got to focus hard on the 23 class and, and see if they can really kind of hit a home run across all uh, – across all avenues, uh, both in-state and out-of-state. Interesting. Now, Go ahead, Rob. Sorry. I was just going to – I mean, we've talked about him hammering home – hammering on a dead horse, but we've talked about it a lot. Like AP's alluding to with these 22s. In a lot of cases, all you can do is hurt yourself because I mean, you got it offered based off your, your sophomore film, more or less. Nobody's ever seen you up close. What, you know, what is the advantage when there's, there's quite a bit of downside? Yeah, and, and you're exactly right. That's why most of those kids are going to walk around in flip-flops if they come here. And most of them, Austin, I think, are going to be on official visits in, in terms of the 22s. And, and that gets back to the interesting dilemma that coaches around the country are in. Uh, Josh Heupel certainly is one of those. Is you know, you, you, You're okay with official visits in the spring, in the summer, in, in a normal year, but you don't want to do just a sled load of them. But, but this is going to be crazy because this is going to be – dozens of visitors on campuses all across the country. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to feel like the month of January, the old school month of January in a lot of ways, when you talk about recruiting weekends in the month of June, or at least that's what it looks like to me. I, I, what was the number I gave you guys? 25? Yeah. 25 to 30. 25 to 30. I, I was told last week, 24. So, I mean, you're, you're right you know, that, you know, that, that, well, and again, like there's some of these kids that I think that they're bringing in. I just feel like Tennessee does not have a shot at, but they're bringing them in. You know, I mean, I'm not saying like people are going to immediately think I'm talking about Branson Robinson. No, like you bring that kid in. The notoriety of having him on your campus looks good in recruiting. What I'm talking about is, you know, kids that are six states over that, you know, have enough interest to visit, but are they really going to make that, you know, that trek? Are they going to pass, you know, handful of schools to, to, to come here um, with the current situation going on at Tennessee. I, I just don't know if that's realistic, but Hey, you know, Tennessee's going to shoot the shot and we'll see what comes out of it. It's an interesting dilemma, Rob, on, on whether or not you, you know, who you bring in, who you don't bring in, who you say no to, who you say yes to on an official visit. I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's an interesting thought process for, for Josh Heupel and his staff as they try to figure out how to navigate this unusual June when you talk about this many official visits. And I think it makes it even more difficult and more, you know, puts more pressure on the staff as they've never been in front of any of these kids. I mean, they're, they're looking to sell a new program and there's, you know, no better way to do that than face-to-face, you know, here's what our vision is, here, here's how you fit in that vision. And, I mean, they're in a really bad spot because, I mean, Tennessee can't slow play anybody right now. I mean, they're not in a position to, to take that tact. And – you know, I don't blame them. To, it, this may be your only chance to get them on campus. I mean, you don't want to make a parent or a prospect mad. I mean, Tennessee's not in a spot where they can make that ground up, whereas, you know, other programs can, can play it completely differently. So, I mean, I, I, I think there's probably a lot of tough calls that had to be made. And, Herbert, what do you think what do you, why, what do you think is the reasoning behind basketball kids can take a visit their junior year and their senior year, football kids – can take take one in their junior year, but that's it. That counts as one of the five. But because is, but, is that just a cost thing? Yeah, because you're talking about you're gonna bring in fifty six. You're gonna bring in fifty. Have the availability to bring in fifty six official visitors 
in one given year, as opposed to twelve. I mean, you, I mean, if if you allowed a, a football kid to have a junior five official visits as a junior and five official visits as a senior, I mean, your cost is going to be crazy, and you're going to, I mean, you're going to be managing now. You're managing hundred and twelve visits a year, um, you know, in a limited window time. I, I think that's really. I think that's just too much to for anybody to visit to, to manage as which, opposed to twelve a year in basketball. Which is a great segue from an all-time great Bruce Pearl story. And I there were a lot of people around. I'm not talking out of school. He and this was self-deprecating humor on BP's part. BP was always interested in how the football team, how Coach Fulmer was doing recruiting. And one day in a basketball practice like January, he was asking me something about, you know, how the weekend went or whatever. We talked a little bit. I was like, BP, can you imagine if you guys had 56 official visits to juggle? And BP didn't miss a beat. He's like, I said, I don't know, but that'd be one heck of a barbecue, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, and it would have been. That's for that's for sure. So um, I, I could see them. Um, I, I you know, at some point down the line, I could see them going to like maybe like two to three official visits as a junior for football, and then five your senior year, and then five your senior year. Yeah, because I think yeah. the I mean the basketball the the coaches love it. The kids love it. I know the numbers making it apples and oranges, but I think it really helps both parties. Especially with kids committing so much sooner now, Rob. I mean, like kids commit sooner and sooner and sooner uh, in all sports, but really football. I mean, you look at how that kind of window has changed, it's changed a ton in the last five years. Well, I also, I mean, I'm sure it's this way with other programs too, but also it allows you a chance to get a kid on campus as a junior, be around your players, and maybe if he's not a fit, one of your team leaders is going to come up and say, Hey coach, he's, he wouldn't work out here. And, and you, and you save yourself a bunch of time and effort. Yeah. And, and your next year, um, and, you know, Austin, you, you, I mean, they may do that. I mean, I, I know that the NCAA has had some private concerns about the fact when they hear about a kid who's made, you know, six unofficial visits to one particular school in, in a year's time, you know, type thing. So uh, I don't know, may, maybe they do adjust that, um, you know, moving forward as things get established. And again, you're right. The calendar is completely changing. Which is why I always said you could have done the early signing period, September one, early signing day, September one. Um, and, and it would have, would have been fine if you'd have done, if you would have done it that way, but uh, that's not something, you know, anybody wanted to do, but I, I just don't think from a cost perspective, you, you can't do 56 um, back to, but you know, you can't have that many your junior year and that many your senior year uh, in terms of schools trying to manage those, those number of visits. All right. Last recruiting thing before football wise, before we head on, on some basketball stuff here uh, on the podcast, Austin, what do you think it's a long ways in terms of the end of June? What do you think the narrative about Tennessee is going to be once camp season's over? What do you think the buzz is going to be or the talk about Tennessee is going to be? Man, I don't know. That's a great question. You know, I mean, I don't think anybody knows because, you know, it'll be the first time these kids have kind of got to have get their hands and get a feel for um, this current staff. So, I mean, like, I, I, it's not a cop-out. I just don't know what the vibe will be. I, I think there, the, this thing could go five or six different ways, you know, with Tennessee landing a handful of kids in June. Tennessee deciding, you know, hey, there's a couple of kids at camps, you know, whether it be the, you know, the kid from from Ripley, or you know, you know, obviously we talked about, you know, Shannon Blair at Knox West or whoever else, you know, do they go that way with a couple of kids at the camp? 
you know, do they land any of these guys, these offensive linemen that come here? Like, what about Brubaker? What about, you know, Addison Nichols? I mean, like, I just – I don't know, like, it could go a couple of different ways. And, and I just think right now it's too early to tell. And I, I don't want to give the – I don't want sure. to give an answer that I just don't know the answer to. Well, and I ask it – I ask that question as a loaded question to, to, for this. Is, is there a possibility that – I'm making and people are making too much about those 30 days that it's going to be that, that, that those 30 days are going to be such a make or break deal because it's the first time kids can be on campus anywhere. I'm not saying it's not a big deal, but, but is there so much talk around it? Like it's a, a make or break thing when really it's, you know, it's the first step in the process uh, of recruiting 23s and 24s and, and that type of thing is, is that the bigger story out of June is is trying to make the inroads on 23s and 24s I guess I, I think the bigger story with the broad scope and the broad brush is what you just said in the short term though I mean I do there's gonna be a lot of commitments in June like that's mm-hmm. just gonna happen across across the landscape um you know where does Tennessee stand with that now with five kids in the boat in this class um and a couple of spots taken off by by transfers you know, where's Tennessee sitting at, you know, coming out of June? Are they at 10? You know, are they at 9, 8? I don't think they'll be above 10. I think that would be unrealistic. Um, you know, but, you know, what, what kind of number can they get to and who do they add? You know, that's the thing. It's like, to me, you want to add quality players, you know, um, you know, and, and guys that you feel like can help you, you know, going forward. So, you know, for me, you know, I, I, I again, I just think that this could go a number of different ways. And so, you know, for me, it, for Tennessee, it's about just like getting around a guy like Fisher Anderson if you can get him to come to camp or, or to come to campus. Um, getting around guys like Addison Nichols and letting them kind of see you, besides being on the other end of uh, you know computer screen. Yeah, I was going to add to that. I, I think the and Mayor Break maybe too strong phrase, but I, I think the biggest deal of importance for Hype and his staff in, in June is it's going to be the first time that they get the face-to-face, personally, like, establish what, what is Tennessee football about? What's the culture of Tennessee football with parents, with prospects, with high school coaches that are going to be running through campus? What is the vibe of Tennessee football? What's it about? You know, what's what's the spirit of Tennessee football now? How, how has it changed? And they have not, you know. Can, can you keep – and, and I've talked to people – I've talked to people that were here a year ago, and, and to a man, I think the one comment that I've gotten from several people um, – both on the field and off the field, um, is that they really think Josh Heupel is doing a good job with the team building, making it fun, that type of thing. That was that you know just you know this this kind of group needed to be built up. And so um, does he does he continue that into camp, like making camp fun and making them see what it's like to have fun. When also playing the game, you really love to play, and so like to me that that's something I'm looking forward to seeing if that that's if if he can make keep can, can you make Tennessee cool and make it fun? Yep, that's and again make, it, I, make Tennessee fun. How he handles camp, how he handles official visits, how that goes for Tennessee in the month of June is anyone's guess, but it's going to be the major storyline as football gets cranked back up. The current team uh, returning to campus this weekend. Uh, getting ready to start the summer program. They'll be around for camp days. They'll be around for official visitors, unofficial visitors to visit and give their thoughts on things as well. 
it's not just getting busy in, in the world of football, but Rob, it's getting busy in the world of basketball as well. They're going to open this thing back up. You're going to be able to be on the road. You're going to be able to see people. You're going to be able to go do things. You're going to have official visitors. Tennessee continues to look like a who's who list in terms of stars and rankings of where they stand. Kind of give a broad, give a little bit of a broad picture on where recruiting is for Rick Barnes and his staff as they get ready to hit the road and get ready to bring some kids to campus. Yeah, it's big time. I've got at least five guys on the books as official visitors next month. And I would I would be more surprised if there wasn't a name or two added to that than if there wasn't. Good thing for Tennessee and those kids, all those visits count as their one visit for their junior year, and they can come back in the fall. Uh, those guys are, are Brandon Miller, five-star kid, top 20 player from, from Nashville area, Cane Ridge. Kason Wallace, who's a new name to the board. That one's all about Rod Clark. Um, and, and some of his ties out there in the, in the grassroots world. He's a top 25 five-star guard from uh, down in Texas. Local kid, B.J. Edwards, will be on campus for an official visit. That's one I think Tennessee is in really, really good position for. Uh, B.J.'s a top 100 player. I think by the end of the summer, I'll be surprised if he's not a top 50 player. I think I he's to say His underrated. stock seems to be really jumping. Why is that? I think, And I think had, he had the benefit of playing last year. Okay. alongside Huntley Hatfield, you know, in that with that kind of talent, with so many people seeing him on B. Mays' team, I, I think he would have been – he would have been a top 50 player. Uh, and two three-star guys that Tennessee likes a lot from over in the Carolinas, Deontay Green from the Asheville area and Noah Clowney uh, from upstate South Carolina. Clowney's a, a 6'10", 6'11 guy. Green is a 6'7", 6'8" power forward that has some skill. Tennessee's been on green for a while. He was on an, came for an unofficial visit back during his sophomore year. Tennessee, I think, you know, North Carolina, depending on how hard the in-state Tar Heels push, now let's be honest, they'll be tough to beat. But if they don't come and make him a priority, I think Tennessee's going to be in good shape there. Um, like I said, I'll be, I'll be really surprised if Tennessee is not a great, great spot with B.J. Edwards. And uh, Brandon Miller is a little bit of a wild card, but I think Tennessee's kind of prioritized him. That's one where, you know, he, he was he was on campus once as a sophomore, but for a kid who's a top 15 national prospect, that's a guy who, you know, and, and there's a, all kinds of kids in this boat. He, he's a guy that would have been on 10, 12 visits by, by this point and really, you know, probably had a top three or four. You know how serious Kentucky was about him, Duke was about him, Kansas was about him. So he's – I think some of those top guys who weren't necessarily, you know, top five guys who could go anywhere, but more like five through 25, who maybe they're a Duke, UNC, Kentucky recruit, maybe, maybe not. I think a lot of those guys we won't know more about until July. You mentioned coaches getting on the, out on the road. Individual high school state associations will put together events that will take place in June that are open for college coaches to attend, but not it's not the wide open shoot, you know, shoe company travel circuit it's it's for high school teams to all go so you know if you go to georgia you're going to see some good players but you're going to see that one kid on his team and play hopefully play against that kid from the other team where is if you roll into to a nike eyb eybl event in july you're going to see 12 guys on two teams that are probably high major dudes but, so, but july so is scheduled a bit wide open right yeah. As of now, I think it's going to be business as usual. The shoe companies haven't put out their their schedules. 
but seeing how everything, the way everything is trending, and it's a little different basketball because it's indoors, so you're going to see some different guidelines. But uh, I, I think you're going to see it kind of business as usual in, in July. And as you mentioned, I mean, Tennessee, you know, they don't have any of these kids in the boat yet. I'm, I'm not saying that anybody's a lay down, but they're, they're in on some, on some big names. And I would guess that you'll see some more guys emerge following July, just like we've been talking about football, how we think there's going to be, you know, guys that you haven't heard of emerges high-level SEC targets. I'm sure the same thing is going to happen in basketball. All right. So what is – not naming names. What's the priority position-wise for Tennessee? What, what's a rough look at numbers? What, what's, what do you think Tennessee's kind of working off numbers-wise right now? Well, I think um, you're going to have to replace Fulky. You're probably going to have to replace Kennedy Chandler. Right. That's a couple. Um, you might be replacing Huntley Hatfield. I mean, I think, I think you're probably looking – I mean, this, this could all change. And sure. your transfer market everything. I would probably put the soft number at four. Okay. Right now. But it could, it could end up being five. It could end up being three. Yeah. And, and in the world that basketball's in with the transfer portals and everything else, it feels like the number's always going to be three or better. Yeah, it's a moving target. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think a priority is going to be point guard. I think B.J. Edwards, even though he's not, maybe not the highest rated guy you're going after, I think you just have the way things are trending. I think you have to kind of feel like Kennedy Chandler's one and done. You got to bring in a quality guy there. And B.J. Edwards is certainly, certainly that. Um, after that, you're probably going to, I don't, I'm not, I don't know that Hatfield is for sure one and done. I don't think Jonas, I, I do, is for sure one and done. So, but you're not going to know that in July when you're targeting these guys, you know, gotcha. so you're going to have to, you're going to have to be chasing some size and gotcha. uh, Noah Clowney from that perspective, looks like a guy who, you know, is going to be a multi-year player a prospect that you can come in and develop. I still think, haven't mentioned him yet. Hanji Tamba from Catholic is, is playing with B Mays this summer. He's not enrolling early or anything like that. I, I, I lean towards thinking that come August, he's just, he's just going to show up on Tennessee's campus. I don't know that he's going to sit somewhere with, Three, three baseball caps in front of him. I think he just might show up and, and go to class. Is, and, is the Clowney kid got any ties to Jadavian Clowney? I don't think so. It's different. Um, it's not – I mean, it's close to Spartanburg, so I, I might need to – I probably need to look into that. It's uh, He's from uh, – what's the high, What's the huge high school we see when we're driving to Columbia? Dorman. Oh, Dorman? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got you. I didn't know. I just, Which, know but that, I mean, that's close. That name. That's yeah. close to – that's not far from Rock Hill. You know, no, I mean, not, not a ton. I, I just didn't, I didn't know if anybody had mentioned. That, had, that hadn't even occurred to me. Yeah. To think so, but I think point guard and size in that order, and, and you're not going to turn away a guy like Brandon Miller, who's six foot seven, six foot eight, can, can do a ton of different things. Yeah. Well, and uh, hats off, by the way, to the Tennessee um, recruiting office and the edit staff, the, the, the graphic they did for, for BJ Edwards that he tweeted out on, on Monday night was, with the banner hanging in the rafters was really cool. Very simplistic, but a really, and they, really cool, really cool graphic. Really well done. Very well. And again, B, I mean, BJ hasn't said, come out and said he's, he's coming to Tennessee, but I know from talking to people at other schools who are recruiting him that they're not working to even try and bring him in on, a, on an official visit in June. Wow. So, and I, that kind of, I think makes a comment about there. Yeah, about where that one stands there. So we'll we'll continue to follow basketball recruiting as it heats up. And, of course, summer workouts and summer sessions beginning with all the guys in town. We'll have full updates on that as well. Don't forget, 
Later today, we'll also have from uh, Ben McKee and Ryan Shumpert, their podcast on baseball, getting you ready for the SEC tournament as Tennessee uh, got another um, got another win, in my opinion, with a little chip on the shoulder for all for Tony Vitello, who's always looking for the chip on the shoulder. Uh, he was not named coach of the year, which is not the greatest disgrace in the world because they gave it to uh, Coach Van Horn at Arkansas, who, whose team won the SEC um, and, and didn't lose a series all year long. Uh, but you can imagine that these players are going to use that for whatever motivation they need as well. So we'll have full coverage of baseball uh, coming up all week long as Tennessee heads to Hoover for SEC play. Lots in the podcast about what Tony Vitello might or might not do with pitching this weekend. That's coming up a little bit later today. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Blue Water Climate Control VolQuest.com podcast, where we talk a lot of football recruiting, a lot of hoops recruiting, get you caught up on all that as we get ready to go into what's going to be a crazy month of June. For Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.